0: Many large franchisors will contend that their franchisees are their secret sauce and they have a passion. But join me in this episode of Franchise You when I speak with Chris Butron, the CEO of Mainline Brands. Mainline Brands has mosquito authority, pest authority, and fitness machine technicians. Chris's passion and respect for his franchise system is unparalleled.
1: Welcome to the Franchise You podcast where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the Director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville.
0: Welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Chris Butron, who is the CEO of Mainline Brands. Chris, welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks. Happy to be here. So you are the CEO of Mainline Brands, and Mainline is the parent company for Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, and Fitness Machine Technicians. But let's talk about you first. So you have a strong marketing background with the beginning of your career in oil and gas with Sunoco and Mobile Oil, then with a direct energy company, moving on to senior care, a little bit with a consulting firm, and now you are leading Mainline Brands, which has three national brands. That is quite a diverse career. So first, Chris, if you will, tell us a little bit more about your marketing career. Maybe you could start with the oil companies.
1: Sure, sure. Well, first off, I graduated with a marketing degree from Elmhurst College, great little little college out of Chicago. Immediately uh, upon graduating from Elmhurst, I joined Mobile Oil Corporation. I joined in the ops department or division. But very quickly, after a year and a half as part of their operations team, they recognized my marketing skills and my marketing background. So they immediately put me in a position of heading up a brand new franchise concept called On The Run. It was their first ever franchise concept. It was a convenience store concept that ended up actually going worldwide. So I was transferred to their headquarters in Virginia and developed their first franchise program based on my marketing background.
0: Okay, that's pretty incredible. So you started in the franchise world very early in your career. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then when you jumped to direct energy and then senior care, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, yeah, well, actually, it was 10 years mobile, 10 years Sunoco. And at Sunoco, I was had a franchise, actually the manager of franchising before I ended up my career there as the director of marketing. So I was lucky enough to have worked with a gentleman that took a position running a home services division of direct energy out of Toronto, Canada. So he quickly recruited me to come join his organization to be the VP of marketing. So that was my first opportunity to really change the industry that I was in for, for 20 years when I went into the home services uh, industry, basically. So that was my, my first jump and leap to moving from oil to home services.
0: Gotcha. And then to senior care, which is very different, but also a highly franchised world.
1: yes. Yes. And uh, that was exciting. And in marketing, you'd be surprised how much carryover there was between actually the home services work that I did at Direct Energy. Most of that focus was on HVAC, which was hard to believe. HVAC, I'm going to draw, uh, draw a correlation between HVAC marketing and home care marketing. Uh-huh. The, the, the biggest thing and the easiest thing was both purchases were need-based. You couldn't pull that service forward. You really have to get them and market directly to them when the need happens senior care is exactly the same thing if your loved one needs care it usually happens abruptly right they have a fall they have something that happens in their life so marketing to people before they need help with their senior or their loved one or their spouse it's useless they don't pay attention they won't listen to a radio spot they're not going to pay attention to a tv commercial it's the same thing so you have to market differently but there were similarities between the two that helped me be successful moving from home services, HVAC, to senior care.
0: That is interesting. You know, I had never thought about that, about when you actually conduct your marketing, but there is a lot of similarity there. I could see where somebody having a problem would contact you right away, but other people do want to prevent. So let's talk about a few articles where you've been quoted. You've written some really interesting things about marketing, and I read one on franchising.com, and you had some great advice for small businesses and how they keep their momentum going. So two pieces of advice really intrigued me, and I thought maybe you could talk a bit more about them. First of all, you talked about fine-tuning your messaging. What did you mean by that?
1: Well, in franchising, especially in the home services industry, when I say fine-tune your messaging, what you need to focus on is being a part of your community. Mm -hmm. Your messaging has to be that the person... Fixing your HVAC, the person that's taking care of your your senior or the person that's taking care of your backyard, for example, they need to be part of the communities. So you're their neighbor, right? People want big companies for their warranty because of their support. But when it comes to their home, they want to trust somebody that's from their area, somebody down the street from them. So the messaging, even though it could be a big brand, you really should localize it, put photos of yourself in there, the owners and really personalize it to be a part of the community. So that's what I meant by fine-tuning your messaging.
0: Ah, that makes sense. And that also falls into the second component I pulled out, which is maximize social media marketing through storytelling. Could you talk about that?
1: Yeah, sure. And, you know, that's interesting as well, because what we found, especially uh, at Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority, um, in the day and age of social media, quite often major franchises like ourselves... We set up, for example, national Facebook pages for all of our franchisees for the local. But what you find, though, is you can't use those pages to get to local. For example, community HOAs would be a good example, right? Mm -hmm. So we encourage our franchisees to be local, to get outside of the company's social media. Going back to the point I made earlier, to really get in communities. Because the communities, again, they don't want to deal with big companies. They want to deal with that local owner. So be, the messaging, the storytelling should be done to communities through HOAs, for example, is the best example I can give you, or property management companies, condos and apartments. But you have to be active. You have to have stories. They have to be stories that hit home for people, that hit their heart, for them to engage in your brand.
0: Ah, that's so true. All so true. I think of uh, myself as a consumer, and that definitely has that source of truth to it. So as the CEO of Mainline Brands you're responsible for quote driving the vision and success of Mainline Brands as well as each of the individual brands can you talk about your work in particular
1: Well i mean you know because we're a portfolio company and we have three three brands under us right now i mean really the first thing is is providing a a, a culture for the brands that that really put the franchisee first right So with three brands, you have to have a a vision and, you know, a mission statement. And our mission statement is our franchisees come first, right? And that has to be built in the culture of all the brands. And believe it or not, that's not always true. So when you're bringing new brands into the company, the first thing I do is to really sit down, look at their communication strategy and say, how do we better the communication to align with our core values as a company? So that's first and foremost. The second piece is to really look at mainline brands and look at our headquarters structure how it's structured to say, how do we best support all the brands to obviously to, to be more effective for our franchisees and improve their profitability? So we look at key departments like of shared services, and we decide who gets the shared services and and say marketing would be a, a good one, right? That's an obvious one that everybody would know about. But marketing could be shared with all three brands in simple things like, like leveraging your scale to have one internet provider right you know so one ad agency so that you can lower your costs and be more effective but cover all the brands so my strategy every time we brought new companies in is to really understand how we support them in a, a bigger way than they're doing today and then how do we make them more effective by utilizing the right people And the last thing is investment we're investing in the brand the franchisees know we're investing in the brand that's critical And to make sure we're communicating that to them. So in every case, we go and we say, I put together a five-year plan branch, and we're going to build on everything that's positive, and we're going to continue to build on it by investing in more infrastructure and technology, if need be, so that they understand the vision. They have to see the vision and understand it to be bought into being a part of Mainline Brands.
0: Uh, Makes total sense. So let's talk about Mainline Brands. So Mainline Brands is the parent company of in-home service franchises, including these three, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, and the newly acquired Fitness Machine Technicians. And right now you have more than 850 franchises and you're growing. So let's talk about Mosquito Authority first. So it's your largest brand. And and I love this quote, helping customers take back their yards since 2002, that line is so descriptive when it comes to mosquitoes. Joey Osborne's your founder there, and he started it as a family business to protect his children from mosquitoes. Tell us a little bit more about the Mosquito Authority brand.
1: Yeah, well, the Mosquito Authority brand uh, is throughout the North America, actually. We're, we're in Canada now. We're 550-plus we're territories in the United States. Uh, we're lucky enough to be in Puerto Rico, and we continue to look at opportunities outside of North America. So we're 550 territory strong through 175 diverse franchisees uh, of all walks of life um, throughout the United States. It's been a great business model. It's a niche model versus a pest company, which we do have a pest company as well, but it's a niche industry that consumers see and, and they see as, as something they need in their lives. So we're, we're luxury service, right? So we cater to an upper scale uh, customer, um, but I'll tell you, you know, that customer has actually gone down in the demographics, right? It's now hitting all ages, mm-hmm. you know, and even seniors now are is one of our biggest targets in, in the mosquito control industry right now. So the brand's been on double-digit growth the last several years, um, continues to grow. We've been bringing on 40-plus new territories every year. Uh, it's probably the best community of franchisees that I've ever worked with in my life. Um, which says a lot to them and and to the owner of the company. They really built a, a tight-knit franchise group. And I think that's a big reason for its success um, is a franchise network and their willingness to share best practices with each other. So we continue to see the same growth this year. We've kicked off the year this is mosquito season. It's just kicking off now. And we looked at our data and we're prepared to have a, another tremendous year this year.
0: Ah, that's wonderful. And you know, it's not just when it comes to mosquitoes. It's not just how pesky and irritating they are, but they also carry a lot of diseases. And I think that has become more known. So that's going to do nothing but grow that business for sure. And you mentioned you also have Pest Authority. And Pest Authority specializes in commercial and residential pest, rodent, and termite control. That growth has been impressive as well. Can you provide an overview of this brand?
1: Sure. This brand has been around for about four years, but it's really taken off over the last couple of years. Uh, In fact, I think one of the things that, 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 you know, I tell people is, you know, we want to keep pest authority, mosquito authority separate, but Mm -hmm. the pest is new and pest, we are up 60 plus percent revenue Mm -hmm. year over year. Okay. It's just growing like you wouldn't believe. So we're excited about the brand. The whole idea and the whole concept is a simple one though, is we want to own your backyard, but we also want to own your home. Mm -hmm. One provider, total solution for your home and your backyard. So pest authority has been growing. We do preventive pest control, but we also do ancillary services like Termites, for example, or bed bugs. So um, we do residential as well as commercial. So uh, it's a great business model, and we're looking forward to the growth in the coming years.
0: Do you find that many of your franchisees own the Mosquito Authority and the Pest Authority?
1: They do, and that's the and that's yeah. We went to our conference this year, and we really put a, a big push on our existing Mosquito Authority franchisees to, to join the Pest Authority brand, and they did. They they all raised their hand. I think we added. Uh, 14 or so franchisees in the last several months uh, coming off of conference. So, yes, that's absolutely what our plan is and our strategy going forward.
0: Uh, It seems like a great plan. And you just acquired Fitness Machine Technicians, um, which is the only national provider that offers fitness equipment repair and maintenance, which is an entirely, sounds like an entirely new type of business. But I would imagine even since COVID, more people have equipment in their homes Obviously, there are so many new gyms opening up. Can you tell us about that brand?
1: Yeah, I mean so so the the business model is maintenance repair of equipment of obviously a fitness equipment for commercial and home exercise facilities. So we do both, um, and it's an exciting business. And uh, being the only national provider is a big advantage because we get the manufacturers of these major pieces of equipment that come to us for warranty work. So if you're a new franchisee and you sign up for a territory, you have built-in leads by our partnerships with key manufacturers. So you get warranty work, and then you have to build those preventive maintenance agreements and then you get what we call the break-fix in between. So it's a great business model. You don't have to carry any inventory. There's no brick and mortar. Um, so low startup costs and tremendous growth. So I'm excited about, I'm truly excited about this brand. After three years uh, of the franchise really being around, um, the numbers have been staggering how fast they're growing. And I get to give all the credit. I tell you, I have to mention, you know, Don Powers, who's the founder of the company, um, and thank him um, because he's done a tremendous job building this brand so far.
0: Well, I noticed that there are so many different manufacturers that they support. So even two I have in my own gym, Octane and uh, True are supported. So that was very interesting to me. And I would imagine that in the commercial settings, the machines break a lot more than at home. Um, Some of us tend to have them hanging around and maybe not using as much as we should. But then again, you still need maintenance. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty incredible business model.
1: You know, I'd have to, I have to tell you, we're really excited that we are just completing what we call our tech certification program. And what we have did is we essentially went out to all the manufacturers. We got all their information, you know, how to fix their equipment. We put together a, what I would call a world-class training program. So when we bring on a technician to FMT we train them consistently everywhere in the country. They get videos, they get workbooks, and as they graduate, they'll graduate with a certification to fix equipment. So the, the manufacturers love it. We think it's the best business model. It, it sets them up for success, and it really helps us getting those deals and those relationships with manufacturers. So uh, a lot of credit to the folks. We actually have had a team of franchisees working on it for the last six months, and we're launching it next month. So. Kudos to that group.
0: That's great. And I can see where being a franchisee of this would really be beneficial because you're taking on all the hard work with the manufacturers. So Absolutely. that is, that's a real benefit. So which brand out of these three is growing the fastest?
1: Well, you know, just by numbers, right? Because yeah. it's just, you know, it depends on how you put, you know, how how you want me to answer that, right? So Mosquito Authority with 500 some territories you know, they're doing millions and millions of dollars. So they a fifteen percent increase in that business, which is, you know, almost nothing for us, is a is a big number, right? But when you and also it's the oldest of all of them, right? So pest authority and fMT essentially are three to four years. And and just by looking at the numbers, both are, are, are 30 to 60 percent growth and, and continue to do it. So if you had to put me on the spot, I'd probably say pest authority, but I can tell you FMT is gonna gonna be Giving them a hard time quickly here.
0: Well, and I, I read item 19 out of all three of your FDDs, and the profit margin is astounding. I mean, it's really a very, all three are very profitable, but a lot of it may be, um, as you mentioned too, without needing brick and mortar. That can, that is, makes a huge difference when it comes to your profit margin.
1: Yes, and it does. And it also has to do with mix too, especially, um, especially with FMT, you know, fitness machine technicians. You know, so, you know, there's lost leaders, there's things you want to break even on, but you have to make sure you focus on the things that make the franchisee money. So understanding your mix and your services and where the profitability lies is critical to all the brands, but FMT more important. But you're right because, I mean, the return on capital of all three businesses are huge because you really need a vehicle and not a lot of inventory. So as long as your price right and your utilization of your technicians or your applicators are there, it's a very profitable business.
0: That's wonderful. And especially when you think about your mission being franchisees first, those unit economics are most important to them.
1: Absolutely. So you're That's right. The only way, way you're going to bring on more franchisees is to have happy yeah. franchisees in the existing system.
0: Isn't that the truth? So let's talk about franchising a little bit for the remainder of our time. So why have you all chosen franchising as your vehicle for growth?
1: Well, I mean, if we have, if you're looking at, at mainline brands or any, Private equity company, any 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 major franchisor. I mean, typically, you know, the answer will be speed to market. Right? How fast can you get your brand out there without you know the lowest capital that you can? So when you use franchisees, you first have to have a system that can be sold. But but really, the the, the real answer is 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 speed to market. You can get to more places with with lower capital much
0: quicker. That's the truth. And you are owned by private equity, which you mentioned. And private equity has invested quite heavily in franchising in recent years. So your firm is Susquehanna Private Capital. Can you tell us about that relationship?
1: Sure. It's a great relationship. I mean, Susquehanna Private Capital uh, has been around for a bit. They're headquartered in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They have a wonderful team in the division that I work with. And probably the biggest thing that they do is they take the best of what you have in place and they make sure they continue to support you. They don't come in and they don't try to change things. And what they do is they, use, they they share their best practices with all the other companies they own. They are not a company that comes in and, and cleans house and, and says, no, you're going to do it our way. We're going to bring in our people. It's quite the opposite. And, and that's what's made it so awesome uh, to be associated with them. So I can't say enough good things about Susquehanna.
0: Ah, that's great. I love to hear that. So you talked about some of your franchisees have more than one of the brands. And obviously, you had quite a draw after your last convention what is the real advantage of owning more than one of your brands at Mainline?
1: Yeah, I mean, depending on you know a couple things. I mean, you know, especially when you look at our our business model, right? So, you know, when you look at all these companies that are putting together portfolio companies where they're bringing in brands, yet you, you, first off, you you hopefully there's some synergies um, amongst the customer as well as headquarters. Right. But for example, Mosquito Authority. Is a, is a seasonal brand, highly seasonal, right? So they only do business. We're only in markets and homes, usually most markets, you know, for the summertime. So in the wintertime, could we bring on a brand like an FMT, for example, that's a year-round business and their business kind of grows in that wintertime period when more people are exercising and coming out of New Year's so, so one of the things you'd like to do is to marry up your brands so that you do get those synergies. And so we do now have franchisees. We have Mosquito folks that are buying FMTs and we have FMTs that are looking at Mosquito. So that will continue to grow as we get larger as a portfolio company.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense, especially with seasonality of the brands. That, that definitely makes sense. So I noticed, too, there are three ways to become a franchisee. You can either start a business from scratch, you can convert a current business, or buy an existing. Can you talk about these three different inroads into franchising at Mainline and which one is more prevalent?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's starting from, from scratch. I just want to make sure I understand the question. So, I mean, you you know, we acquire companies, but within the, within the company, we typically are not acquiring other mom-pops. Sure. A franchisee could, right? Yes, that's what I mean. So so, Yeah. So one of our strategies, for example, there are people out there today that do mosquito control and it's, you know, it's it's Bob's mosquito control in St. Pete, Florida, right? So we go and we say the local franchisee, not us, we help them forge that relationship for an acquisition. But the the biggest reason why that you'd go to a franchise is because we feel the value of your business goes up almost immediately, especially if you're looking to exit that business someday. So if you're a mom pot, you want to be in business for 10 years to have a major brand with major support will will most likely, if done correctly, be worth more money when you go to sell that business because it's a bigger network and there's more brand equity, there's more brand awareness. All the things that 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 are obvious, as well as hopefully they're buying at a better price. So yeah, so so we would typically love to acquire people, but for the most part, because we're a franchisor, we we start people from scratch and we build it from scratch versus uh, acquisition.
0: I gotcha. That make that makes a lot of sense. So you talk about being a franchise first type of franchisor. Absolutely. Do you, do you, do you use franchise advisory councils in any capacity, and if so, would you talk about that?
1: Yeah, in a ton of ton of capacity actually yeah. and that started when, when when I was lucky enough to, to join mosquito authority and pest authority um, i was part of a team that put those advisory councils in place for the first time so at mosquito authority we have a what we call an, a, a quote franchise advisory council that has six or seven members i uh, usually typically i typically will have them come from different geographies Uh, they meet four times a year and their mission is really to solicit feedback from other franchisees. Then we meet on a quarterly basis and it's their meeting. I have a president that we call it the fact, um, the president comes, drives the agenda and we're really there to support them. So that, that, Advisory Council is one that really provides us feedback for us to go back and hopefully action it out. Then I have what we call our Matt, our marketing advisory Council, much much different, right So they meet way more often. Today our marketing council is actually meeting every two weeks.
0: Oh wow okay
1: They're in charge in most cases at most companies, they'd be in charge of a national ad funds. So they're going to help drive that. But the biggest thing is tactical, right? So they're there as an extension of the marketing team at Headquarters. Much, much different. Their job is to actually work with the head of our director of marketing to to beta test new programs, to bring new ideas to the table. But they really are used as an extension of our marketing department at a Headquarters. And that's what I've done everywhere I've gone. And that's the best way to do it. Because, all my years of experience in franchising, I can tell you a couple things. And I, and I truly believe this. The, the best ideas come from franchisees that are in the business. They don't typically come from somebody sitting at a desk at headquarters, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be ready to listen to them. Number two is the best way to get other franchisees to implement something is to have their peer tell them that it worked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the marketing advisory council was absolutely crucial to the success of any franchise in my mind and to a franchise or So the only other one we have in place is we have a pack, which is our pest authority council, which is a tremendous council. And this is interesting how this council works. So it's a bit different than the other two, because it's for pest authority, the newer brand, they're working on together on on major things like training programs and certifications and larger things to further our brand because the that brand is is, is new, right? It's Mm -hmm. It's still growing. So we use that council a little bit differently.
0: Well, you definitely walk the talk on franchisees first, because that is critical. Oh, that was great, Chris. Thank you. My last question about franchising is: what qualities are you looking for in a franchisee of your brands?
1: Great question. Yeah, and and hopefully it's pretty consistent, right? So, I mean, it, it's somebody first off that that's buying into a system, right? If you're not ready to buy into a system. Then you don't want to be buying a franchise right so you've got to get that out of it and pull that out of them right you're not going to go rogue you can't go rogue it's franchising right so you want somebody that has an open mind that wants the recipe they want the playbook for success and is willing to follow that playbook number one number two you want growth-minded folks right you want somebody that wants to grow their business Um, we're in it to grow we want them to be successful we want them to be profitable so what does that mean that means they have to have the financial ability to grow they have to have the mindset to grow grow and to invest and marketing would be a key area, right? We want to see them deliver us a business plan before we ever approve them to be a franchisee that says, here's the next five years. Here's what I'm going to do. And here's what I'm going to invest so that we ensure, and they are ensuring that they are successful because if they're not successful again, then we don't have a franchise.
0: That's right. Well, that sounds great to me. And I totally agree, especially that first part about you have to follow a plan I always tell my students that if you can't follow a plan, franchising is not for you because you got to have that consistency, of course. So two last questions about you personally. So you have well, accomplished a lot in your career. What are you most proud of?
1: Well, I, I mean, you know, I've been blessed and lucky enough to to have had a great career and, and have, you know, I guess I could say, you know, we've gone up from, you know, being a, an ops person to a director of yeah. marketing to a VP and, and now a, a president CEO. So so today the with Mainline Brands has absolutely been the, the most excited I've been, my biggest accomplishment, I would say. Uh, and, and that really goes hand in hand with why. And I think the biggest reason why are the franchisees and the people on our team. And I truly mean that, right? I mean, I'm very close to all of our franchisees. They, they have my cell phone. I, I talk to them all the time. And it's the tightest group of franchisees, especially at Mosquito Authority, that I've ever seen in my life. And I mentioned it before. So it makes my job gratifying when I have a group like that. And then, of course, the team that we have at headquarters, I've been lucky enough to bring on a lot of the folks. And we are a family. We truly are a family. And that, again, makes it easier to get up and turn the computer on every morning. So...
0: Ah, that's great. That's great. So, Chris, my last question for you is that you've had quite a journey in franchising, and you started that early. But is there anything you wish you had known before you started the franchising journey?
1: Well, that's a tough question. but there's always things that if you look back at it after you know your career and experience, and uh, if you look back at it, if I were to say, what would be the number one thing that you could have benefited from earlier on, I would say the understanding of, of something I mentioned earlier, which is, you know, the best ideas come from franchisees, so don't always think as a franchisor, you have to always have the solution. You always have to provide them with something of, of benefit. Many of the best ideas come from them. Um, number two would be the advisory councils and how to use advisory councils to improve um, execution by, by franchisees. If I would have known that earlier on, I know I would have been much more successful. But today, I found the advisory councils to be absolutely critical to the success of the franchisee as well as the franchisor.
0: And it sounds like you are leveraging your councils to the max and it's mutually beneficial. So, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us on Franchise U.
1: No, thank you. This has been great. Really appreciate the time. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yum cgfe thank you for listening
0: to franchise you